Awesome Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the City. I crossed up by Colby, we'll float in Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention, don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers, but I, but I, hold on, it's fun, but I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's gonna win. Yeah, you did, you said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Quest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwing Jabs Podcast. I'm your host, Big J, joined as always by my man, Joe Guire and Jared Jones. We got a lot to talk about from last week, and we got some great fights coming up this uh, uh, tonight as well. Let's start off with uh, the, the disappointing news from last week as Joseph Diaz missed weight, but his fight continued against uh, Rakimov, and it resulted in a majority draw. No one is the IBF junior lightweight title uh, holder, Joe what did you think of the fight, and uh, did you have it a draw? Uh, no, but look, I think he should have completely outclassed Rakimov. Uh, and the fact he got a majority decision means, I, I, I mean, what I think was, and I've never seen this before, Jared. I, I don't know if you're if you've ever seen a belt taken away in this situation before. I think it threw the guy for a loop. I think he wasn't a hundred percent focused on what he did, and. I do think his next fight should be uh, for the title that he has literally earned. I, I, man. Well, he obviously wasn't prepped when he missed weight. I don't, I don't see rewarding this. This is, this is something I think should come with more punishment. You don't get rewarded after a fight like this. You came away with a close fight, like you said. He should have completely outclassed this guy. Yeah, he should have. He should have swing the glider till you rock him off. And he <laughs> he didn't get that done. He didn't. You know, he he it, this this kid doesn't do it for me. Diaz, he's a good he's a good fighter. I don't think uh, I don't think he's ready for for the title champion is he ready to be a world champion that's something different than it was 20 30 years ago that just means you know you're one of the top 78 guys in the division when you're right. a world champion well then jared who does he need to beat for in that junior lightweight title fight to earn that champion ooh can he make junior lightweight <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. That is a fair, question fair question, question at this point. Yeah, <laughs> lightweight. Don't get beat up. Come in five, six, seven pounds overweight at light at junior light. Then you know, yeah, he could probably beat the champ. 
you know, there's there's amateur children at a buck ten that I could probably beat too, but I'm not. I'm a, <laughs> listen, the weight classes are every seven pounds. They do it on purpose. This is a dangerous game. If you can't make weight, move up. I really don't want to entertain it much, to be honest with you guys. I'm not I'm not trying to answer questions with questions and be sure, but Joe Joe Diaz, I'm I'm just not a fan. You got to make weight, especially if you're at the you're at the top. You're at the upper echelon. We're getting we're sitting here talking about whether or not you should get a title shot, and you can't show up on time. You can't make weight. What's the equivalent of making weight at your job? I mean, what? You just you do, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I made it today. I get to stay in work yeah. today. <laughs> I'll pay that 30% and beat the guy up because I'm bigger. And you're telling me you couldn't dominate a then relatively smaller guy altogether living weight, smaller guy on fight night, and somebody you should have dominated if all things had been equal anyways? The answer to that has to be no. Who does he fight next? A great question. You got one for that, Joe? If I he do. can make junior, let's assume let's he can assume make he leverage. makes weight. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe Leo Santa Cruz could be a good guy for him. Let him, um, you know, let him let him show he's ready to take on uh, Burchelt because you're right. I mean, this is important. That you know, and I, I look, we've seen a lot of this lately where guys are missing weight, and there's no excuse for it. And I know none of us. None of us are going to excuse it except Jace and, and Anthony Johnson, whose record, I don't know if you guys saw it, was broken just this week. You see uh, Alves came in 11 and a half pounds. Oh, literally broke the record. 11 and a half pounds, though. Yes. Dude, I mean, you woke up, right? You woke up. You knew you had a weigh-in. You got on the scale, and you were like... I'm just going to go. Let me see what happens. Yeah. Come on, dude. Did you have breakfast before you came? Did you? Santa Cruz is a good <laughs> answer, but I look through this. Shakur Stevenson, Carl Frampton, Tevin Farmer is going to make weight. Oscar Valdez is going to make weight. Um, anybody in that top, I'm okay with for his next fight, but make weight. At junior light or move up to lightweight and get rocked by one of those guys. I don't think I think he's gonna have more trouble as he gets older inherently making weight. And if he's gonna struggle more and he's already missing weight, then you move up. And if he moves up, there's wolves at lightweight that this kid can't handle. Yeah. I, I get that any of those names that you uh you rattled off though, uh, I don't like how uh Joseph Diaz matches up with them, and I think even old ass Frampton. So Jojo Diaz literally cried uh, at news that he was eleven and a half pounds. I mean uh, that he was uh, had missed the cut on this one. Um, cried again. Trying to get some water weight out. I would. Uh, yeah, my guess, dude. He probably ran <laughs> right into the gym as quick as he could. Started crying. Like, how we doing? Like, I can run some more. Uh, yeah, literally, uh, but literally cried on the scale. And, you know, again, dude, you, you want to fight the elite? You want to fight the big boys, JoJo? This is not, this isn't how you do it. And 
again, I mean, went in there, had a terrible fight as a result. And I think, I really do think it was a direct result of the, I mean, it, tough situation, but you got to do better. You got to know that you're not going to make weight. I mean, it, and, and you got to do it. You just got to do it. Or as you said, Jared, just move up. Yeah. Well, and I got an equivalent, not doing your homework. Do the kids that don't do their homework get to the top of the class? You knew this was your weight class. You knew what you had to do. You didn't get there. You didn't do the homework that was necessary. When you showed up on test day, you weren't ready. You have to do your homework, especially if you're going to be a champion. We're going to talk about you at the top of the game, which I have yet to do. On purpose, if we're going to talk about you up there, you've got to make weight or be in a weight class that makes sense for you. Very. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, I mean, you have to win the battle on the scale before you can win the battle in the ring. But, I mean, you want to talk about someone who is at the top of their game and at that upper echelon in the UFC, and that is Kamaro Usman. He defends his welterweight championship. Uh, with a third-round TKO finish to Gilbert Burns. I mean, I, I, we pretty much all had it going decision, right? And, yeah. I mean, he was able to go out, get the finish, and get the dub. Joe, uh, what would you think of the fight? Well, look, you know, Usman, when he is normally fighting, will do whatever it takes to win. And then there's yeah. the rare fight like this one, like the Covington fight, where he wants to hurt you to prove a point that he can do that. And so not surprised in the least by his performance. I feel like Burns was very overzealous. Usman knew it. I mean, and, and completely controlled the fight. Uh, and, and, and really more or less got himself knocked out in this fight. So I, I would say this, you know, I think I'd like to see Usman and Georgie Masvidal go at it again. First fight was great. Um, I know Masvidal has been running his mouth a little bit post fight. Um, you know, he did say with a full training camp, he thought he had a better chance. But then he, he, he said all credit to Usman. Like it was really whatever he's running his mouth about now is not meant to be disrespectful, but it's meant because Georgie's trying to show what a, what a draw he can be. And I think it's, I think it would be the right fight. I think it would be fun. I think 12 weeks of Georgie Masvidal doing press conferences about Kamara Usman, who I think right now is the best in the game. He's the best in the game. And, you know, I know Georgie St. Pierre's name's going to come up. Usman obviously uh, has has a, a, a one-fight longer winning streak. Everybody St. Pierre fought was a title defense, so a little bit of a different situation. But if you look at Kamara Usman's resume and the, the last eight fights this guy's had, it, it's a who's who of the division. He's been beating the crap out of everybody. I, I think it's worth giving Masvidal a full shot. I still think, and I love George Masvidal. Everybody knows this. He's going to get killed. And I'll tell you what, now that he's running his mouth, Usman 
will go in there and, and it won't just be, I'm going to try to beat him in five. It's going to be, I'm going to try to beat him out of here in two or three. So I right, think I got it's it. the most interesting thing that could happen for the division. Oh, very exciting. Very exciting. I finally got one for this guy. I've been working on this obviously for a while, but it literally just came to me now. What do you call the, the Jamaican guy on Nickelodeon who works the buttons? Usman. Yeah. Um, so, like so it. This, like it. I, I think he looked touchable here. Um, not as dominant as I, as I, as I predicted. I had thought that Usman would get the finish, uh, middle rounds, <clears throat> but he looked touchable here and it's getting too commonplace. Joe said there's two different kinds of fights. There's the kind where he's dominant and he's careful. And then there's the other times where he wants to hurt you. And it seems like we're getting more of those want to hurt you fights. And this Judge Justin Gagey stuff, that, that builds up your mileage counter rather fast. If we want to lose Kamara Usman, have him fight Bash Correa. That should be his next fight. Because Batch Correa said something to Ronda Rousey that made her flip that switch permanently and believe that she was this big monster gangster that could just go in there and knock everybody out and she was a killer. She said something very hurtful that got her to flip that switch permanently. And Usman needs to go back to looking good tomorrow and winning today. Because if he keeps letting these tips get to him and go and going into fights, he's gonna get touched. Masvidal's the type of guy that could touch him. Yeah. Yes, this is hands down. If Uzma, if Uzma fights his fight, but if he doesn't fight his fight, you got a problem here, man. You don't want to go in and fight that fight the way you fought the last one. Because Masvidal's a gangster, man. This is one of those guys. When Burns dropped Usman, his game plan went out the window and undisciplined and sealed his own fate. And, you know, I Usman's still not getting the respect he deserves in the UFC and within that division and from the guys in the division. Um, There's no reason for Burns to have done what he done, what he did. If you if you get to make the decisions for Usman, do you end up in the kind of trouble he was in? No, no way. No, that but should have been more dominant. That but here's here's the thing: us. this is a guy who he spent hundreds of hours in yeah. the ring with, and he's a better fighter, plain and simple. And so Burns went into that fight with the disadvantage of the more talented guy is Usman. My advantage is I know this guy better than anybody. That this guy, you know, I, I, I know his, I know all his best moves. I know where he's most vulnerable. And even going in with that knowledge, Usman level-headed. Sure, he got tagged a little bit. But that, that's what champions do. And... I definitely feel like he had he was fighting with a sense of he wanted to he wanted to make it clear for anybody who had any question whether Burns was good enough to be in the octagon with Usman that the answer was no. And he did the same thing with Covington. And again, I suspect this uh, another fight with Mods Vidal 
I, now that Masvidal's running his mouth, I'm telling you, I'd love to see that fight. Again, knowing that Usman, with the intent of going in there and doing some damage, and said he would finish the guy, that he will do that, but still, because he's the smartest fighter in the game right now, now that uh, Nurkadamedov is out of the picture, this is the smartest guy. This this is, a, again, this is a That's guy who is willing. game plan, though. This is a guy who's willing to. It, it, it doesn't matter, but, but that's how good he is. He's Joe, so take your good shoes that... off. Take your shoes off and slide into Jorge Masvidal's. This is exactly what you want. If I'm fighting him, I'm trying to piss him off. Come in and try to take my head off. Come in like an amateur and throw some wild punches with a little more on him because it's the only chance I have is for you to open up and leave a gap. If you come in with a game plan that leaves no gaps, you can't lose these fights. If Burns catches you, yes, it's shocking. Yes, it's crazy. But some of those punts, there were opportunities. There were windows. There were pockets of time that guys like Floyd Mayweather and Sugar Ray Leonard were, were genius at closing those windows so that the pocket of time you actually have to land something the, the percentage of chance you actually have to win a fight is slim to none. And he gave Burns too much of an opportunity there. And he can't keep fighting fights like that because he's well, going to get quick. Jared, let me ask you this. Legit, either one of you, did either one of you at any point, even with the trouble, think that there was a chance Usman was, was, was done? No. Yes. No. You did? No, I did. Oh, yeah. There was once or once or twice that he caught punches and went a little wobbly, and I thought he gets caught another time or two. That's that's I, I man, those are dangerous moments for him. All Sometimes right. you see you see guys get hit. Um, think of a good example: Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, and McGregor even said it at the end of the fight. He's a bigger guy. He outweighed him by a few very important pounds. And McGregor was landing these pinpoint, bah, bah, boom, and expecting him to go away and throwing a little more into the punches because he knows they're going to land. And the other guys, he's, he's getting all his shots off. But when you look at it, this is the point now, when you looked at it on Nate Diaz, didn't look like he was doing much. It wasn't really effective. Did Covington affect Usman? Yes, it was a great fight. Did I Was I nervous like that for Usman during the fight? No, because when Gilbert caught him, he was reacting differently than I've seen him react in other fights when other people caught him. And a uh, very good point, Joe, that this guy knew how to land stuff. I've got guys that I've spent 100, 200 rounds in the ring with. Uh, shout out Ronnie Brand comes to mind. That that I'm I'm superior boxing level, but they can touch me from time to time just based on how well they know me. Um, so that's likely some of what went on here. But I'd like to see Usman just completely shut those windows, especially for really strong guys like Burns, because it looked like those punches affected him a bit different. I mean, the thing with welterweight is Usman knows everyone because he's trained with. Covington, he's trained with Burns, he's trained with Woodley. Everyone at welterweight trains at the same gym. But, uh, I mean, U Usman so has to go down to lightweight and miss weight. Yeah. 
Or, I mean, I love that you brought that up, Joe. You brought you, you said the name <laughs> Nurmagomedov. Can we down the line? Is there a possibility we see Khabib versus Kamaru? Is that a fight? Would would Khabib ever entertain coming up, getting that belt, taking down the man who's never been taken down? I I think this this writes itself pretty damn well. Well, Khabib's not ever fighting again, but if he did, that would be the right fight. Jace, every week where we do, <laughs> I feel like I'm on a, I feel like I'm on a well, podcast I mean, with like this particular guy. I feel like I'm on a show with Dana White. You know, he's like, uh, you know, uh, maybe a Khabib and somebody else. He's retired. Shut up, Johnson. Cuts weight, fights Khabib. Let the man enjoy his retirement. I mean, you you don't think this would be a be a good fight? You don't think that this I, did I say did I say it wouldn't be a good fight? fight? You don't think Khabib? What did I just say? 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 Tell me what I said. Did I say I didn't think this was going to be a great fight? It's Khabib gonna won't fight it. I said I said if I've decided to back out of this debate because I enjoy watching. Jace and Joe go back and forth about whether or not Khabib's coming back. But I like how I I really love, I have to reiterate, how Jace manages to slip it in. He's like, so everybody saw the last Tony Ferguson fight, Khabib, maybe next time. <laughs> Every show he finds a way to slide, uh, slide our boy Khabib in there. Hey, he Jace. hasn't given up the belt yet. So The Jace. dream matchmaker. He Jace wants them to come get it. He said they can come grab it whenever they want the belt. Uh, he's all set. So put it out of your head. Uh, the, the, listen, the UFC is going to have to find <laughs> the UFC is going to have to find the next Khabib, and maybe it's Usman, maybe it's Adesanya, maybe maybe we don't even know the dude's name yet. Maybe oh, he's there. your college wrestler guy uh, that you talked about a few weeks ago that no one has Taylor, ever heard yeah. of. But. Uh, um, Suarez, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Do you think Khabib Nurmagomedov watched Usman Burns and thought, I should really come back for this? No. I, I think he respects the game. Yes, I do. Uh, I think he saw that, and I think he respects oh, But you don't respect him. You don't respect his word. You don't respect his relationship with his mother, and you don't respect his religion. He told you he's done. What? What don't you get? He hasn't Dana, given up the belt you yet. Get? He hasn't given up the belt yet. Why does he still have the belt? Why, if I go to UFC.com right now and I look up champion, why is he Khabib said, there? Why is no one else going for the fight? He told Dana to take it. He Same told reason Dana some to of these guys him. have to have jujitsu belts, man, to hold his pants up. Straight Maybe up. Just... Listen, Khabib asked for one thing. Put me number one, pound for pound, and then come take <laughs> this stupid piece of metal. All set. That's all I wanted. It's all he asked for. I'm done. Leave me alone. Okay. I mean, it would be a great fight. Yes. yes. If, if Khabib decides to get out of bed for this stuff, Usman's the guy. Will he take Usman I, down? I believe he would. Yes, he would. Yeah. 100%. Yes, I believe he would. And then he'll anaconda him to death. So, well, and you have to be thinking that if you're at the house and you're watching this and you consider fighting, you're like, I'd smash either one of those dudes. 
slam the window shut. You want to know what I'm talking about when I say that? Khabib. That's what I'm talking about. Slam the window shut. You're not touching me with anything. Watch Katie Taylor fight. She's going after it. She's trying to inflict damage. She's looking for knockouts. But the window is closed for you. And that's what I wanted from uh, from Usman. And that's not quite what I got. There were windows of opportunity there. All right. Okay. Slam Khabib, slam man. There are you just see him do whole fights where there was never an opportunity. You're right. You're right. And I mean, Joe, you brought up pound for pound. That brings us to the who you got this week. Throwing jabs, pound for pound rankings. Your top five pound for pound across all combat sports. Joe, why don't you lead us off? Um, I'm excited for this. Um, and, and this is another one of those where I had to, I had to get some, like, what are we talking about? And it's right. This is just our pound for pound across any combat sport. So I'm sure on Jace's list, Chuck Norris will show up <laughs> my list of five. Yeah, fair enough. My, I have my, Michael B. Jordan. Did you guys have Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My five, I feel, are, uh, as, as I get into these, I think are the most unbeatable fighters uh, in their respective sport and division. And I'm going to start off, number one, I'm going to literally go one to five, okay? My number one guy on the list is Bud Crawford. 37-0, and 0, 28 knockouts, uh, multiple world championships, three weight classes, including the WBO, um, I, I think it speaks for itself. The, the guy's the best boxer, and I don't I don't think it's even close at this point. I really don't. Um, number two on my list is Marty Kamara Usman. 18-1, eight knockouts, nine decisions, UFC champion, 13-fight winning streak in the division. By the way, 17 wins in a row overall. I'm not sure why people don't really mention that. Uh, number three on my list is Israel Adesanya, 20-0, 15 KOs, five decisions, UFC middleweight champion, obviously cleaned out the division. We know what he was at kickboxing as well, so if you want to play a different sport, he'll kick your ass there as well. Number four on my list is Tyson Fury, 30-0, 21 knockouts, and a draw. The 6'9 Gypsy Kings, a two-time world heavyweight champion, having held the WBC, the Ring Magazine, and lineal titles since he beat Wilder. Hang on, previously. hang on, break, break. I get, I get a 30-second timeout. Joe, you did all this by yourself? I did. Yes, <laughs> I told you, and I needed to make my, I needed to make Tony proud. I'm this saying, is all Tony, me, baby. You should be, you should be very proud of this, man. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Time in. Time in. All right. <laughs> uh, the furious one previously held the unified WBA, IBF, WBO, IBO, the ring, and lineal titles after he beat Vladimir Klitschko. And then number five on my list, and this is inspired again without my brother, but in honor of my brother, the greatest Rocky female Marco. on the planet, Valentina Shevchenko. Shevchenko. 20 and three, six knockouts, seven submissions, seven decisions, two controversial losses to Amanda Nunes, currently the UFC's flyweight champion. By the way, 2 and 0 as a pro boxer, 57 and 2 as a kickboxer. She's also a weapons expert, has black belts in Muay Thai and Judo, and she's in Halle Berry's upcoming film, Bruised. 
in theaters this summer. <laughs> Damn. All right. How you in like case that? you follow that, right? <laughs> I, I, I will. I'll follow that. And thank you to my brother because, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, I had to research everything on my own this week. Um, Tony was. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that's okay. uh, this is this is where this guy's put my mindset. All right. Solid. Uh, uh, I'm going to go reverse order from you, Joe, starting off with number five. Because, I mean, you put Shevchenko there. But, I mean, th there's only one person, uh, uh, one woman ahead of Shev Shevchenko. And that's Nunes. Two belts is greater than one, plus the wins. I mean, they were controversial, but a win's a win. And so that's why I have Nunes at number five. Well, then they so, should do it a third time. They should. They should. Just to make wait, sure. Wait, time out, time out, time out. This is pound for pound. Yeah. One of these girls is inherently bigger than the other one. I thought Nunes, I thought, I'm going to skip ahead, but I thought Nunes can't be on this list Why because she? she's bigger than Shevchenko. And I believe at the same size, Shevchenko is better pound for pound. Are we going to argue that Nunes well, is better pound for pound When they were at the same size, Shevchenko? when they were both at 135, Nunes won both a bigger fight. person. Nunes has two belts. Shevchenko Nunes only has six one. months. We're gonna, well, we can make the same weight. That doesn't make us the same size. Chase, sometimes you say things like two belts is better than one belt. <laughs> and I want to throw an when elbow you're talking in your about jaw. Pound for pound, when you talk about being We're able not to talking win. belt for belt, though. It's not a belt for belt thing. Well, <laughs> she's got two belts. She's better than her by one. Come on. You better, you're better than that. Also, she's she made a pillar and a post in the second two, fight. She's defending two belts at two different weight classes simultaneously. Yeah, because everybody else sucks. Pound for pound. She's everybody else. Weights. Nobody, listen, no else nobody else. There is no other females that are in sport. Shevchenko and, and Nunes's league. It is the two of them. And Nunes is ducking her. And you know it. She's and should have lost both fights, after. by the way. She's weight fluid and going back and forth between weights. Both is fights. That? that is the definition <laughs> of pound Both for fights. Pound. Both of them. She should be 0-2 against Shevchenko, hey, not 2-0. Hey, hey. hey, and yo, you know what, it. What does the record book actually say, though? Who, who's getting the L when it in, in the UFC history books? It's Shevchenko. But for number four, an, another person that you <laughs> left off, Joe, the greatest heavyweight of all time. I know he's been out out for a while. Anthony Joshua. Hey, Miocic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this man, he's done it. He's, uh, I mean, obviously the great trilogy with DC, the most heavyweight uh, title defenses. Um, and then he's got a tough one against uh, Nganu. The rematch there should be interesting. Then for number three, I mean – he he proved he's at the, that upper echelon last week. Kamaru Usman, number two. I got your number one, Joe Bud Crawford, just nice. dominant, dominant uh, boxer, the best a good boxer. list, by the way. And number one, he's still a champion in the UFC, so he's still on my pound for pound list. Khabib, number one, most dominant combat sports athlete ever, really, and. Jared, who, who, who's your 
pound for pound, top five. Jared, before you begin, I, I just want to pay a compliment to Jace for actually putting a list of five <laughs> things together where three of them didn't suck. They made sense. <laughs> that's a that's a great five, Jace. More than I, half. I, I'm made proud sense. of you. That was yeah, that was impressive. Because uh, we have the same top two. So you must have done a good job. Khabib, Bud Crawford, one, two. Um, three didn't make any of your lists. Four is Shevchenko. I think we have to differentiate male and female and each pound, you know, and dominance in their realm, you know. Are we gonna have are we gonna put Shevchenko up against dudes in her weight class? Cause that's generally I don't want to get too far into that conversation, but I want them I want her on that list. Um, number five, man, I had a lot of trouble between uh John Jones and Tyson Fury. For the last guy on my list, I gave it to John Jones again because it's a power for pound list. And I feel like the biggest guys are at a disadvantage. And that number three that nobody else had is Katie Taylor. I just think she does what she does so well, and she's so dominant in in her realm that uh, that it's tough to leave her off of this. You know, that would be two two and a half Katie Taylors versus Tyson Fury. You know, if there's a way to make it happen, I think I'm taking the Katie Taylors. So because <laughs> because it's a pound for pound list, I want her there. Uh, honorable mentions for uh, Nunez and that. Bum Camelo Alvarez, who I'm glad didn't make any of these lists, even though his resume looks like he should be on them. I, I respect you guys for that. Well, you know what? I'm glad you said that. And by the way, you know, for me, it was uh, Stipe was definitely a consideration. Uh, John Jones, obviously. I only left John off because I'll be honest, the inactivity. That's ultimately, I, I decided it had to be five people that have actually fought recently, too. That was important. Uh, and I certainly would have, I certainly would have, uh, or, or considered Katie Taylor for my list as well. So, uh, but what I mean to say about Canelo is you're not even, you're, you're what, what are you doing? It, 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 come on, the super middleweight uh, or welterweight. Uh, no, thanks. Not interested. Um, so, again, for that reason, I don't feel like. I just didn't consider it to, to make a, a list of five animals, the best, the best five people. I couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience put Canelo on here. I, I thought about him for a second and I was like, nah, move down. No, take some real dude. fights and yeah. let's talk about it. But until yeah. you do, I, 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 it there's again, and you guys mentioned so many honorable mentions. I had people I was thinking about whether they should be on my list or not, and he just wasn't even a consideration. He should get his act together. Yeah, I have to say, I'm, I'm sitting here. Uh, I was sitting with my wife the other night. We watched a show called Sixty Days In, where they put just regular people in prison, you know, and there was a. There was like the pod boss, this 270-pound dude. They called him Rocker, you know, and nobody messed with him because he was a pod boss. And then this meth head said something slick trying to be funny. He got all upset. He's like, go in the bag, go, go in the upstairs cube. The kid was like, I'm down, let's go. They both had, Now, neither one of them could fight at all. This was like the whole reason Scrub Scraps ended up being a thing is because you have this political standing of toughness that doesn't really equate to toughness. 
So these two have their little, their little scrap inside the cell. And uh, I mumbled to my wife, can you imagine if they locked me in a box with those two guys? <laughs> and she laughed, you know, because I'd leave 50, 60 seconds later, the only one with my consciousness. And, uh, and wrap it up. If you put us in a line, you don't see that. But the, the politics here of the toughest guy, when you say the baddest dude, that's what I want. That's what I want is if we lock them in a box together and they're the same size, when you pop the door, <laughs> who walks out? So that, when you say, I don't put Canelo in that, Cause I don't feel that. Cause I don't feel that with the with the with the route you're taking with your career here. I don't get that. Lock me in a box with this dude mentality from you at all. I get it from these other guys that you know. Um, you're talking about Khabib watching that fight at home between Usman and Burns. You know what he's thinking? Don't lock those guys in a box with me. I'll hurt them. Mm-hmm. I will hurt those dudes if you lock them in a box with me. There are windows and gaps in your game that I will exploit and I will hurt you and I will put you to sleep. And when they open the door to that box, <laughs> I'm going to be the one that walks out of it. Now that fire coming coming out of me on a flipping podcast. You want Canelo Alvarez to be on a pound for pound list when he can't get that fire into the ring. A break with this guy. I like I said, I totally respect you guys leaving him off that list. And when I think about Canelo, that's why I leave him off that list. He doesn't have that lock me in a box with that dude and watch what happens mentality. Yep. He's like, get me a Caleb or a Caleb and I'll (laughs) knock him out. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, everyone said like had was on my list, like some way honorable mention or something. But, uh, that was fun. That was a great pound for pound list. Everyone's was great. But uh, before we get on to preview tonight's fights, here's a quick message from Clovercrest Sports. I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it. Just something about the game, the feel of the grass, smacking that ball all over the field. Making plays, diving head first, whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what wiffle ball means to me. Striking out grown men, watching their knees buckle on a called third strike. Sit out, bud. And then, of course, the home runs, the base hits, the big, big home runs at the big moments. That's a whiff of greatness. Join us all season long for the Joe Aguirre story, a CMG podcast. A whiff of greatness. <laughs> good. It looks like it's going to be a good show. I like yeah, clearly, yeah. pal. <laughs> uh, go to uh, clovercrestmedia.com to, to take a whiff. There's a lot more of that stuff with Jared and uh, and his brother Joel, who are uh, also on the wiffle ball team. Uh, um, yeah, I told Jared when 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 that came out, I go, dude, there's a like, like a really cool promo about our wiffle ball team, and and we're 
putting this thing together, uh, this this docu series about about wiffle ball. And he's like, "Oh, can I see it?" And I was like, "You're not in any of it. You'll be in the next one. You and Joel will definitely get billing in the second one, but the first one was just me." I saw a couple Trinity cameos there in the in the background. Oh my god, dude! There we got so much great stuff. Uh, such a good time at the old wiffle ball. We have uh, there's a lot of fun scenes, and it's so it's gonna be if there's gonna be more to it because there's a lot of fun scenes between the players and between our opponents. So uh, my favorite part of that, my I have to say, a second trip through, especially the first trip, I was like, was that? Oh, you know, but I was so excited to see. So now that I've seen it twice, my favorite part is the big, big home run that's clearly foul. <laughs> Not only foul, but you notice I cut it before it landed in front of the fence. I tried to give the illusion it cleared the fence. Big, big home runs. <laughs> it looked like it might have. If Augusta wind picked up, it looked like it looked like it might. You did a good job cutting that. Hard work camera angles. Yeah, the magic of Adobe <laughs> Premiere, right? All right, but uh, let's preview tonight's fights. Starting off with a actual junior lightweight title bout this week. That will act, there will should be someone walking away with a belt this week on ESPN as Miguel Burchelt takes on uh, defends against Oscar Valdez. Joe, break this fight down for me. All right, Burchelt's 5'7", a 71-inch reach. He's ranked as the world's uh, best active super featherweight by the Transnational Boxing Rankings Board, the ring, and for box recs. The Scorpion's got 33 knockouts and, as an amateur, was a three-time Mexican national boxing champion in the elite category. Won 16 in a row, 17 if you count the TKO of Elizar Venezuela, uh, that was changed to no contest because it wasn't sanctioned by the Mexican Boxing Commission. Uh, apparently, he just went out and beat this guy up <laughs> by the woodshed. Um, interestingly enough, Burchell never <laughs> represented his country internationally because of Oscar Valdez, who was the higher-ranked uh, featherweight in the division. These guys never faced each other as amateurs either. Uh, Valdez is the former WBO featherweight champion. Qualified for the 2008 Olympics at the age of 17. Became the first Mexican youth world champion four years later. He was in the 2012 Summer Olympics. Very aggressive fighter. Uh, got great punching power. Really good combinations. He currently boasts, get this, a 79% knockout rate. 22 K KOs in the 28 fights. Burchelt has defended his belt seven times. He's a powerful volume puncher. 84% knockout rate. Uh, and when I say volume, 30.6 punches per round. He's a smart fighter, sets up his shots. He avoids the counters. Uh, the Scorpion does have some resentment towards the Mexican Boxing Commission uh, who favored Valdez during their parallel amateur career. So I believe this will be a chance for him to vindicate himself. And I got him taking this in the 10th by stoppage. Hmm. 30-something punches per round, but he avoids the counters. I couldn't uh, I couldn't help it. 
Um, these are these are literally the two That's top guys <laughs> of the division. Like this is this is the fight we wait for when we're when we're talking about the Canelo Alvarez's of the world and how frustrating it is that they won't fight anybody. If you pick, look at this list, pick two guys from this list. Unless you're a huge JoJo Diaz fan, even though he missed weight, watch this fight. You, what you do? You watch that last JoJo Diaz fight, and then you watch this fight, and you tell me what these two dudes would do to those two dudes. This is tough to call. I like Valdez, and I think you're right. Maybe late stoppage. Yeah, I'll take uh, the late stoppage too. Uh, I I got Valdez too. I, I think it's gonna go decision though. Um, it's gonna be a tough tough fight Th this weekend. I, I think um. For the fights is set up perfectly. This is a hardcore fans fight. If you like combat sports, you're very, very into combat sports. You're going to tune into this fight. These are two of the best at their uh, respective weight going at it. And it should be nice. And it should be a good, it's a boxy, it's any boxers fans solid fight. It's going to be great. But then on the other hand, we got a casual, a big, big casual fans fight as heavyweights go at it in the UFC fight night main event Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis I mean someone's gonna go to sleep um Joe who's it gonna be all right listen Blades 14 and 2 got a no contest after a we test nullified another TKO 10 knockouts four decisions and both losses by the way at the fists of Francis Ngannou including Imagine making your UFC debut against Francis Ngannou. That's uh, what Blades did. 6'4", 264 pounds. He's a very accomplished wrestler. Went 44-0 his senior year. Won the NJCC National Championship as a sophomore. Holds the record for most takedowns in UFC uh, heavyweight division history. He's just one belt ahead of Jace in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> he is a blue belt so don't expect to see any brazilian jiu-jitsu in this fight uh blades has decision wins over alexander volkov and mark hunt and he's knocked out junior dos santos and alistair overeem uses an effective combination of athleticism and power and he tends to dominate his opponents with the wrestling he's got excellent cardio uh he said he will not slug it out with the black beast in case anybody was wondering he said Black Beast has little to no wrestling skills. He's got a family Smart. to feed. He's not trying to impress the fans. He just wants to win a fight. Uh, Jared, I, we, you and I were talking about that the other day. I thought that was hilarious what he said. Meanwhile, uh, Lewis, 6'3", 264, got to 79-inch reach, 24-7 and seven with a no contest. Also a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but even that's hard to believe because uh, that guy on the ground looks so helpless. Uh, 19. Well, they have two belts between them now. That's two belts. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> I'm just counting. <laughs> 19 knockouts, four decisions. But of note, he's been knocked out four times, including TKOs to Junior Dos Santos and Mark Hunt. Names you might have noticed I mentioned a moment ago. Uh, uh, uh yes, sir. Now, the black belt does have the most knockouts. In UFC heavyweight history. Uh, and I don't know if you guys know this. He used to box under the tutelage of one George Foreman. 
But unfortunately, he's going to get grilled by Blades with clenches and takedowns. It'll go five. I think this thing, I think there's a good chance Lewis doesn't doesn't get through five rounds. Fair? Oh, yeah. That's fair. I mean, that's Oh, if you want to bet on this fight, stops inside the distance. Even more than Blades, I like inside the distance. This thing ends by the third round with Lewis. Parlay those two, though. Absolutely <laughs> exhausted by Blades. Blades is just going to keep taking him down. Um, it's not good. This isn't going to be a fun fight to watch. The only thing that would make this fun is if is if Lewis slips Blades and knocks him in the next week. I don't think it's going to happen. I just think Blades is too good. Um, but again, there's hope. No. Yeah, yeah, well, and if you try to beat him up, you open that window. You try to hurt him like we're talking about with these other guys. You'll open that window just a little bit more. I say you do just like Blades is saying he's going to do. Slam that window shut. Give him zero opportunities. Take him down. Beat him up. Wait for him to go away. He will. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be that necessarily boring of a fight. I, I, I think when Curtis Blades does get you to the ground, he, he puts you – he messes you up. Look at the Alistair Overeem finish. That was vicious. So, like, uh, and Derek Lewis, his ground and pound is fairly underrated. So, if he can scramble while uh, during a takedown of Blades and get on top, uh, I think Lewis has the, the power and the ability to finish it. But uh, I just don't see it happening. Blades is going to dominate this. I've seen Lewis lift people off of him and throw them yeah. off. While I, I, I just... To me, I think Blade's ground ability will be something that even the power of the Black Beast. I, I, I think this is a really bad fight for Lewis, especially knowing that Blade is like, I'm not throwing hands, so good luck. Makes, it's going to make it make really hard tough. for Lewis to do what uh-huh. he does, which is, you know, drop haymakers and eventually connect on one. I just don't think he's going to get enough opportunity. Again, if Blade's leaves himself open, uh, and gets a little sloppy somewhere in there, but I just don't see it. Also, I mean, Blades also needs to kind of come out and put on a performance. Dana White has already come out and said John Jones is going to get the winner of Miocic and uh, Ganu. So if if Blades can come out and get a quick first round uh, knockout or finish, do you think he could uh, jump the jump the line of Jones? I mean, yes. Yeah, Joan hasn't done, Jones hasn't done anything. It's what Joe was touching on earlier with the inactivity. It's like I, you struggle figuring out where to rank this guy at this point because it's just been too long. I used to have, when I ranked guys for scrub scraps and girls, um, activity was part of the ranking process. Because it rewarded active people for showing up and fighting. You know, there were people that were 2-0 and that never showed up that I know would beat most of the people that have been there five or six times. But they're to- totally inactive. You come once and win one fight and look really good and you get your, uh, your ranking all the way. I mean, you, there's got to be some... Some kind of... We can't reward Jojo Diaz 
for missing a weight and for missing weight and just barely scraping past a guy who's just barely in the top 10. We can't reward that with a title fight, nor can we reward John Jones. You know, for years, it's just built on hype and past accomplishments, and we can't reward him. No, yeah, absolutely. Blades, you win this fight? Go ahead. Go get it, kid. Absolutely. 100%. I think the thing that stinks for Curtis Blades is that, obviously, John Jones has a lot of say, a lot of pull with Dana. And, you know, look, I... I it's not like Blades is going to go in there and, you know, karate chop Lewis in the neck and knock him out in the first round. I mean, you're 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 probably not going to get that here. You know, this is going to be Blades, uh, again, having to worry about Lewis throwing a haymaker and, and knocking him out. So he's going to have to be careful. He, he, he respects Lewis's power. He said Lewis has no ground game to speak of. Nothing, nothing that needs to be respected. But none, nonetheless... That's where he's going to take this, and and he's got to. He just wants to win because the the idea that he stays in the back seat because of John Jones means he. To, again, to me, it doesn't matter what Blades does. I think if what Blades can he knocked, do? Yes. If, if again, short of Blades knocking Lewis out in spectacular fashion in the first round, he's just got to win this fight so that after Stipe and Ngannou fight. And then Jones gets the winner that he's still in good shape to to get that first title defense. Because and then if I, he I, wins that, Khabib will probably come back and fight him. Definitely. <laughs> right, Jace? There's always the hope we can get Khabib back. So that's cool. That'll be enticing. <laughs> oh, I mean, you wouldn't have to go wait, right? Part of the draw. <laughs> All right. But – uh. That'll do it for the fights this weekend. I mean, that's a lot. Um, hope you guys, everyone watching, enjoys it. But we're going to end the show like we always do. And, Jared, hit us with that flurry, my man. A little bit of an unconventional flurry. Um, but I'm going to play the audio I put together for our intro for throwing jabs. I kept hearing that keys to the city intro when that stuff's hot. Shout out to Trevor Teddy, uh, keys to the city. And so I kept hearing that and I'm like, we got to do one of those for us. So I picked the beat off the internet. I wrote a couple, of couple of bars for the show and it's just me. I mean, we'll have to put it together, the audio and put some video behind it. So it's just me, me singing it and the beat playing in the background, but go ahead and run that tape, Jason. You're muted, Jace. All right, hold on. Can you? It was muted. You couldn't hear it. Yeah, you couldn't hear it. Okay, hold on. Are you gonna have to? 
Are you going to have to free flow this now? <laughs> um. All right, so. Yeah, it, it won't play then. I'm sorry. What? All right, here. Let me, uh, can I see? So, the, the one time we decide to record the flurry and not do it live because it's so unbearable, the tears and speaking after. Oh, here we go. Watch this the time. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen. Introducing the undisputed, undefeated podcasting champions of the world, Clovercrest Media Group. The throwing jabs phenomenon covering all sides of the spectrum from the four in the square circle to the eight inside the octagon. We're locking on and locking in, so punch in, cancel your plans, sit, tune in again and again. Every Saturday morning at 10, crosses with no worship and hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Dude, come on. That's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Great. Oh, let's go. All right, I'm excited. Uh, to put that I wrote that one line. I had to stop and ask my family if it was too if it was like too hard to understand crosses with no worship and hooks with no verses. Combinations with no locks. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I like that. Dude, you're uh, so Here's something I think people should know about Jared is um, that he he's a rapper, first of all, and he's probably one of the, the most quick-witted people I've ever known in my life. And, I mean, he does it all throughout the show where he makes the, the quick little uh, one-liner, especially with names. But Jared, uh, as my student once in, in, in broadcasting school, um, in any class I, I gave about – I don't know, 60% of the set things I said ended with a Jared one-liner at the end of it. And I knew right away that this guy had to be in my life. Yeah, that means a lot coming from you, Joe. Because uh, yeah. you're, you're pretty that's, – that's funny. Let me just take a minute here. I had a, I've always had this idea for a game show, and it occurred to me this morning before I got on, oh, Joe would be perfect. For this game show, it's called Versatility. You get a list of sports and activities. I wonder if Bud Crawford could beat me at chess. I wonder if I could swim better than poker players or shoot pool better than ping pong players or like. So you you select out of these hundred activities, we each pick ten, that. and then we eliminate three or four of the others or whatever, and have wild cards, and end up with these seven, nine, eleven activities that we do against each other and show highlights of it of it and it's a it's a game show called versatility i love it is and will wiffle ball be included <laughs> three yeah, there you go three innings of wiffle ball if it gets selected as one of the activities when we're doing that yeah absolutely you got that three inning wiffle ball set and that's a chance for you to get a point or the other person Game show it. called versatility. I'm the heel because if you have enough activities, no going to the guys who can beat me in a fight can't beat me at chess. Occurred to me one day, and vice versa. There's there's guys the guys that are good at chess beat me. 
but there's a lot of other things they would a foot race they're gonna have problems most of them you know so yeah yeah so it occurred to me that you so for you to say i'm one of the most quick-witted individuals you've ever known and and coming from you who i was just thinking this morning would do well on my on my fantasy game show called versatility that that means a lot brother i once beat a world-class sprinter in a wings eating contest <laughs> yes. you you exactly. probably wouldn't have seen that coming that is a world-class athlete look at me it's funny yeah wipe the floor with them yeah. literally After our wiffle ball game when we enter the singing part of the competition you know who knows what we i'm this is just a lot of opportunity for humor and competitive banter and stuff yeah it'd be, be a good show we should pick that I up one it. day yeah, yeah. Well, I right. wish you hadn't said it on the air. Now someone's going to steal it. We got to get that copyright. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah, I mean, we should. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Glovergrassmedia.com. <laughs> One of the 30 more, uh, 30 different podcasts and more and more on the works. Um, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Joe and Jared, for joining me. And speaking of uh, new podcasts coming, uh, before we head out, make sure you check out this podcast right here. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. Fires. Swing and a miss. Strike three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's Ovi's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.